Summer Breakfast on SEN. Green ball! The bales go flying and they are flashing red lights. And Cameron Green, just as he was looking in control, he's out. Shamar Joseph around the wicket bowls to Travis. Oh. Who is bold? It is a king pair. Shamar Joseph is off to the races. Elzari bowls to Smith. He's played underneath, over the top of the keeper for six. True genius. He lets fly. Hazel's bold. Shamar Joseph has bowled the West Indies to the most romantic of victories. And one of the truly great upsets in Test cricket history. He's off on a lap of honour. <laughs> it's a win and events that will reverberate right through international cricket. And it might be the saviour of West Indies cricket. Shamar Joseph is a legend in his second Test match. Just incredible, Shamar Joseph. Seven for 68 in the end. The West Indies, their first victory in a test match in Australia for 24 years. Sam Edmund, Kane Corns are with you this morning, the morning after the incredible scenes at the Gabba yesterday. Test cricket, West Indian cricket's got a new hero, Kane, and it's fitting this morning that we go back in time to speak to one of their former stars who's kindly joined us on the line this morning at short notice from the other side of the world. Phil Simmons is with us. Phil, great to have your company this morning, and thanks for donating your time. No problem, no problem at all. Uh, great there. <laughs> uh, tell us about it. What did you make of it? I, I think you were watching it from the from the UK. Could you believe what was unfolding over here in uh, in Brisbane? Well, funny enough, I, I didn't I didn't watch it live. I only watched the highlights because by the time it's happening, I, I was just waking up, so I saw the highlights later on. But by that time, I know everything, and and all the excitement was there, and all everything. So. It's just incredible. It's been an incredible um, series for this young man and for him to come and bowl the West Indies to victory. How many years, you said, 27 years since the last time we had victory in Australia. It's it's just awesome. It's just awesome. And I'm so happy for him and for Craig and the, and the team. Yeah, Carl Hooper was uh, was really emotional over here in the ABC commentary box. Phil Brian Lara had tears in his eyes as well on the broadcast. And, you know, there's such romance around West Indian cricket and your generation and the generations before you in this country and for a wide variety of reasons you know uh, test cricket in the West Indies has, has fallen off the cliff to a degree what what can this do do you think for for test match cricket uh, for the West Indies and in the West Indies I think I think it can do a lot but I think we've we've just got to step back a little bit and and take note from what two three years ago we had a similar situation in Bangladesh where a lot of the senior players didn't go at a very nice young team and we won series in Bangladesh, which we hadn't done before. And But we let that young team and, and the makeup of that team and the direction of that team slip. So we've got to just take note of that and make sure that this team is kept together and this team is kept. I love the look at the middle order with Antonese and Mackenzie and, and, and them in the middle, Hodge, and, and their temperament. And we've got to now put, find some way of keeping this squad together 
and, and, and playing more matches together as a unit. And, and that's how we're going to grow. We make something out of this, but this can be, this is supposed to be huge for Western East cricket now. And and Phil Shamar said that yesterday. He said, if there's a test match on, mm. I'm available. I mean, how much of an impact can that be? And, and could this guy be the leader that does keep this group together? Uh, he's just he's just such a, a, a pleasant young man. Um, during CPL, he was there and chat to him and, and he, he, But his passion is in the game, and and that's the nice thing about it. His passion is in the game, whether he's he's playing CPL for Ghana or whether he's playing Test cricket for West Indies. You see the same passion in there, and that's the thing that is going to carry him far, and it's also going to help him to to drag a lot of these other young players with him. I mean, you, you played with, with the absolute greats. He said yesterday, I, I told the captain, I, I was bowling until the last wicket fell. I mean, what what is it like to play with someone like that who just wants to have that big moment? They're the best in sport they want and they want to own the moment. He clearly has that, even though he's he hasn't done it much before. Well, that's it. He has it. And I remember one series with someone just like that, you know, um, we came out against South Africa in Barbados and um, Kurtley Ambrose kept begging, Courtney Walsh kept begging for the ball. We, we need to bowl in this session because South Africa were on top of us and we needed to, to win the game and, and it's the same thing with him. Having been hit by one of those spears from Stark on your toe, um, a lot of young players might just say, well, I've done my bit so far. I'm, I'm only young, but he put on his boots and he went out there and did what had to be done. I'll tell you what, Phil, the fast bowling cartel over in uh, your homeland on the islands over there would be beaming, wouldn't they? I mean, uh, Kirtley, Courtney, I mean, it, it was reminiscent of some great fast bowling performances of, of yesteryear. He's nudging 150 kilometres an hour yesterday with the, with the bung toe as well for good measure. I mean, it would have warmed the hearts of a few, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can imagine Kurtley's face. Uh, he's over in um, Bangladesh doing some commentary. I could imagine him watching and, and jumping off his seat at, at that, things like that. He loves to see, loves the attitude like that. So it would be great. And I think all the fast bowlers, Michael Holden, um, Courtney Walsh, Joel Garner, all of them would have been so pleased to see his attitude when he had the ball in his hand and, and just his attitude about test cricket in itself. Mm, mm. I bet they would have liked a pink rock as well, Phil. <laughs> I mean, do, 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 you, do you like the day-night setup? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's cool. I think it's nice. Um, I, I enjoy watching it. Um, and I say in, in most of the games, the, the, the ball rules, but it's, it's exciting. It, it changes things. And the other part, too, it gets more people in later in the evening and things like that. So... I like the the DNA test matches. I think didn't Kurtley famously took seven for one here uh, going back. What would he have done with a pink ball, uh, Phil? He would have been. I wouldn't like to face Kurtley at eight thirty at night at the Gabba with a pink ball. It'd be menacing. <laughs> I like to face any of my fast bowlers with a pink ball. <laughs> <laughs> We're all done. Well, Phil, we let you go. Where, where do we find you actually specifically, and what what are you up to uh, at the moment? I'm actually enjoying home life. I'm in London. And just relaxing. I go off to PSL in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. So yep. just enjoying the family for now. 
Fantastic, Phil. Well, great to have you on at very short notice too. So we, we really appreciate that. And a pleasure for both Kane and I to talk to you this morning. And uh, and well done and on uh, on some of your countrymen. And, and I'm sure a, a test win that will live on for a long, long time. Yeah, you just you just took me away from my third glass of champagne. So yeah. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Good man. We'll let you wait no longer. Phil Simmons joining us on the line from London over there. 26 yeah. tests for the West Indies and 143 ODIs. Very, very crafty player, Kane. How watchable day. was he? Yeah. Great fielder. He was... um, they were right in the heyday um, when we loved it. But, I mean, they just played with freedom and flair and uh, an enjoyment on their face. Like, their, their faces just light up, yep. and they were so thrilled. The gold chains, and, the big celebrations, uh, the acrobatics the, in the field. I loved, I, honestly, I love the way that they play, but but when it was their turn, they stood up and they stepped up, and for Joseph to bowl 12 overs in a row, where, where our fast bowlers were struggling to bowl two, before that to go off and change their shirt and get another drink. I mean, what, 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 what has happened to our fast? Are they not fit enough? Like, on day three... Hazelwood and Stark were really battling. Like you're playing test cricket in Australia. It is a summer sport. You get your drinks after the end of every over when you're on the boundary line. Why do you need to leave the field? I know it's hot. I know it's humid. There's tough conditions. But I mean, we get some horrific conditions in India and other places. It's a summer sport. And Joseph comes out and bowls 12 overs in a row. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's tough to criticise our, our bowlers. I think largely... The blame needs to go on our top six for for the loss of this test match and and the performance, but I was just watching. What, what are they leaving the field for again? It was very very hot, very 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 warm. It's a summer sport, Sammy. Yeah, like, it is. Can you not no, prepare yourself to bowl? There were some six suggestions in a row. Yeah, some suggestions they were gaming the system and, and, and such. Oh. I certainly raised the eyebrows uh, of a few. And but where does it come from from the Windies? Oh, by the way, there's a there's been a score in the NFL conference game. Do yeah. we need to provide a spoiler alert here? Spoiler well, alert if you don't want yeah, to know it. If you're going to watch this later on, but we're a sports show and we give you updates on live sports. So anyone who has a crack at us for telling you the score, you're at the wrong place. We're going to tell you the live score. All right. We are a sports... And who watches replays now when you've got the internet? Anyway, Travis Kelsey has just caught a touchdown. The Chiefs go up early, 6-0. Who else? Mahomes to to Kelsey. Was that the end he was warming up at? Well, I don't know. This game's got everything. There was a fight before the game. They're kicking the, the kicker off his own field. It's extraordinary. So uh, this is going to be an epic, I would have thought. But, um, yeah. So it's going to no, be Chiefs. No, no apologies for revealing the live score. We're a sports station. Uh, the conversion's just about to be slammed through. So it's uh, Chiefs 7, uh, Ravens nil. 7.41 left in the first over there. Mahomes are very animated. He's up and about, and the Chiefs are off to a good start. So where does it come from from the Windies, though? Did you that You need a spark sometimes, and when you've been down and out, you've been kicked for so long, something has to happen to provide you with a bit of motivation. Now, this was one of our greats. Rodney Hogg came back on January 22nd, talking about the West Indies on Channel 10. Let's not beat around the bush. They were hopeless. Uh, we should have two divisions now. We can't have these weak sides coming out here. Mitchell Stark with a brand-new pink ball, he's going to run straight through them. Um, so I wouldn't think the game would go any further than three days. They're pathetic. Well, I look back at the West Indies of old, and we're down stretching on the ground, and they're running past in speedos, and I'm going, gee, look at their muscles. These days, the West Indies, they'd be running past in overcoats. <laughs> Hopeless, pathetic, no muscular definition, which was a little bit random. But that stayed with the Windies. This was their captain uh, after the result last night, that dramatic victory, Braithwaite, uh, speaking about uh, Rodney Hogg. I must say, we had two words, you know, that inspired us in this match. Mr. Rodney Hogg said we're pathetic and hopeless. 
So, so, so that was our inspiration. We wanted to show the world we're not pathetic. And I must ask him, are these muscles big enough for him? Are these muscles big enough for him? <laughs> that is one of the great replies. But, he, I mean, Rodney wasn't alone, was he? We were all predicting how many days is it going to yep. last. Well, I remember we had Adam White on um, on Friday with uh, Josh Jenkins. And when that was six for 50-odd and paying nearly 60 bucks with, with, with betting markets around the place for, for the win, you thought, we're going to be all home by Saturday here watching this test. And Any then it all criticism towards the crowd? 3,000? Day well, four at the Gabba. Well, only 900-odd showed up for the first ball, Robert Craddock is writing, and it swelled to 3,000 by the end. But I think it had poured in the morning up there in Brisbane. It looked like they weren't going to get a ball bowled, and it was going to be highlights all day. So maybe people thought the modest total, pouring down anyway, will stay away, and then people made other plans by the time the sun had come out. But, yeah, we're it, was, a, a, <laughs> it was a shame. We're asking you the question this morning. Who did you find yourself barracking for? And if you were like us, we were barracking for the West Indies. And what does that say about our Australian cricket team? Or was it just one of those freak sporting events where you're just drawn to what the West Indies have done? Uh, Pat Cummins spoke after the game. Even he reckons he was a little bit happy to see what the West Indies have done. I mean, the, yeah, they outplayed us. They played brilliantly. Um, and, yeah, I know a lot of the talk was coming to this that you... Um, you know, there's some debutants and some names that haven't travelled over here before, but you know, once you put it down on an international eleven, uh, you know, you know it's going to be tough, whoever you're playing. And they were fantastic. They've created a couple of new superstars that we didn't know about before the series. And as a cricket fan, as a Test match cricket fan, um, yeah, there's a part of me that's was happy to watch. Kane, look at the schedule of our bowling cartel over the past 12 months. I think you need to cut them some slack if they're feeling a bit tight. Hopefully some fresh blood for the Kiwi series next month. Ron, Kane, the Aussie bowlers bowled around 1 million overs this past cricket year. The West Indies bowlers bowled around 50 overs. Take a rest, boys. Uh, a few of these texts coming through. They've bowled 14 overs each in, in the innings, uh, around about. Oh, and that's what they did in, in the one that I'm critical of. If you cannot get yourself together as a professional athlete to bowl more than three overs in a row and stay on the field. Like you, you get drinks breaks, you get lunch breaks, you get the tea break, you get a drink after the end of every over as the fast bowling coach comes around with your water bottle, you get a rest. You need to bowl six, six balls in an over. I, I couldn't believe the amount of times they were leaving the field. Kane, and I seriously. Thought, serves them right. Think about the last 12 months. Those guys have played almost every test. India, That's your Ashes, job. That World is Cup, your, Tours, Silly job. ODI, T20 series in between. if they're not ready, that, then that's a selector's issue. If, if they're not ready, we, we have a number of fast bowlers that haven't had a run uh, throughout this summer. Then, then there's the criticism at the selectors if the fast bowlers aren't ready. I Where's Boland? Where's Lance Morris? I mean, it's, it's I couldn't exactly believe right. Boland didn't get a crack or the wild Nathan thing at Lyon, a particular point. But... Nathan Lyon was leaving the field. Like, mm. And you're right. Were they trying to game the system? And did that come back to bite them? Because when Joseph, who's hardly ever played, can bowl 12 overs straight in the same conditions and win the test match single-handedly for them... I think you need to look back at that day three and go, what, what, where, what were our fast bowlers? Off doing? the text, if that was England or India, everyone will be up in arms about them going off. Get your drinks on the boundary or don't bowl, says this Correct. text coming through. Uh, Shamar Joseph, though, speaking of bowling, was the story uh, yesterday. We'll hear from him on the other side of this break and get involved with us here, though. 40 wings temper, 0433, 98, 11, 16. And have you cobbled together some sort of winners and losers manifest from some... the weekend? 
Some weekend winners and losers. It's a big weekend. A few relate to footy because the footy's been yep. overlooked, but uh, we've we got to touch on the Western Bulldogs review, which finally came through. Oh, we so did that I... big time on Friday, but yes, we can back up. Uh, Nick Dacos sure. features in yes. the winners and losers. Not sure which side he'll be on. Um, so we might do a couple of those. I've got a fair series. idea where you might be going there, but I like the mm. intrigue just the same. Uh, keep it locked here. Summer breakfast, Sam Edmund and Kane Corns with you. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Summer breakfast on SEN. Oh, Kane's put the Aussie quicks in the gun. Uh, perhaps just uh, not navigating the heat as best as they should, but a lot of sympathy coming through off the text for what it's oh. worth. Uh, Kane, Queensland humidity turns men oh. into mice, says this text. <laughs> it didn't turn Shamar Joseph into a mouse. Well, different conditions maybe. Daryl was at the Gabba yesterday, though. Not many were, unfortunately. That was the one uh, shame in it. Maybe about 3,000 by the time uh, Shamar Joseph took that final wicket uh, and the scalp of Josh Hazelwood. But Daryl was there and he joins us. Daryl, what did you make of it? It must have been incredible. It was unbelievable, guys. Yeah, we, we woke up and I was just pouring down rain. And we were all thinking, oh, should we go in? Shouldn't we? And we thought, oh, we'll go in, check it out. Thank God we did. Yeah, we woke up at the gather and, um, gee, it was humid. It was very humid. And, um, we sat next to a group of and all people. And, uh, each time one of them went up and got a beer, we got our Johnny Bears to get back in your crease. That was a bit of a bum, but um, we, uh, well, it was like you think, our, our Australian bowlers were worrying when Shamar was going through his spell. Like, our bowlers got him through three hours of a spell, and this guy was just steaming in, bowling quick, and it was just an unbelievable day. And we ended up pretty much supporting West Indies. That's what I make the game of it, it was just unbelievable. Who are you barracking for? Uh, we were back in the West Indies in the end until Smith, until we worked out Smith, the great way to watch Australia win was Smith East 100 and win the game. So, well, this was a great to be there. Yeah, it was set up for him, wasn't it? So, I think we needed 14 and Steve Smith needed 13 for the ton. And I'm thinking... I always thought the Aussies were going to win. I just thought that Steve yep. Smith was going to get them yep. home and, and would have been... Equally as good. Like if Steve Smith had have batted through, got to a hundred and got us home, still would have been still would have been great. But for yeah, for whatever reason, found myself so, barracking for the West Indies. Just quickly, you're asking, yeah, who are you barracking for? Well, a lot of texts coming through saying they weren't really barracking for either. I mean, by extension, they were barracking for the West Indies. They were barracking for the game. They were barracking mm. for Test cricket. And to barrack for Test cricket, you needed Shamar Joseph to do what he did, and you needed the West Indies to do what he did. Now. Test cricket in the West Indies. Look, it's uh, it's been spoken about at length over the last uh, oh, twenty years or so. This was this was Shamar Joseph. You mentioned this earlier, Kane. His commitment and his love of the longest form of the game. Uh, this is all my dream. Uh, I must say to play Test cricket for the West Indies. I'm actually live here and I'm not afraid to say this. There there will be times that um, T20 might come around. Test cricket will be there, and I will say this live. I, I would always be available to be able to play for the West Indies. No matter how much money it takes or come towards me. So I will always be here to play test cricket. And a lesson that you can come from anywhere. He's from a, a Barakara, remote Guyana, two days by boat from the port town of New Amsterdam. There's 350-odd people living there. They only got the internet reportedly in, in 2018. No high school there. Uh, he was a logger. Then he was a security guard. I mean, to come from there... And bowling with fruit in the backyard to where he is now, you can't. He only started bowling 
uh, with a hard ball three years ago uh, is absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, and Barat's going to join us a little bit later on. He'll, he'll give us an yep. insight into, into just and expand on, on what you've said. But that's one of the great quotes I've heard. And wouldn't those that love Test cricket, and there's so many still there, just buzz when they hear mm. him say that. And I, I guess the question has been, okay, three strong Test playing nations in 10 years, is that going to cut it? This has probably highlighted that it won't. You, you, to have a great sporting event, you need to turn up on the day and there needs to be a chance that either team can win. I think that's what makes a, a good event. Now, the, the one team will always be favourites and sometimes heavily favourite, but there needs to be at least a small chance that both teams can win. And to have that happen um, has been you know the greatest thing for, for Test cricket in some time. And I think that highlights that, no, we can't just have three strong nations. We need eight. A lot of people texting through saying the decision to declare at nine for was arrogant yeah. as well. And quite a few people texting through to say, no doubt the Aussies didn't pay them the respect they deserve. They got sidetracked by other issues like the Australia Day uh, kerfuffle as well and political issues going in. Um, so maybe we just underestimated them, perhaps as, as simple as that as well. Um, before we get to the news, Mick's in uh, Airport West here, Kane. Now, uh, Mick, morning to you. Yeah, good morning, boys. It's exactly what you just said, Sam. They just underestimated the West Indies. You heard before the series started, they'd already written West Indies off. So for West Indies to come out and do what they did, it just come down to one word, belief. So mm. they knew mm. they could do it, and they had a young squad, and they were playing best team in the world. They just Australia just underestimated them, and they deservedly got what, what was coming mm. to them. So, you know, put on them. And there's no excuse about how many test matches they, they get paid squillions of dollars. Yeah. There's no excuse, okay? Well, and, and a lot of a lot of the test matches have been like for those pointing out the fast bowlers' workload. I mean, the, the test here in Adelaide lasted two days, two and a bit. I mean, they, they've they've had enough rest. Um, isn't momentum crazy? I mean, we talk about this throughout the AFL season always. It's like a force in sport. Like, so the momentum that they created and, mm. and mixed right the belief, but also momentum is a crazy thing in sport. When once you have it, and when you can ride the momentum, regardless of. Whatever sport it is, it does some some crazy things, and we see that highlighted every year. But that was that was another thing that stood out to me yesterday. Oh, I can't wait for the third test decider. All oh, right, that's Couchy and Watsonia. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unfortunate, Couchy. Uh, Baltimore have scored. Uh, the oh, Ravens right. seven, Chiefs seven. Late stages of the first quarter over there. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, conference championship game uh, between the Chiefs and the Ravens. It's on as we speak. Uh, Nathan Gardner's got the news headlines, Kane. We'll grab ourselves a McCafe coffee and be back in a short moment. I always thought we were a chance. Um, I was hoping that he wasn't going to keep coming. It was a pretty good effort they had in, in this humidity. Um, you know, I'm just batting and I'm cramping pretty much my whole body right now. So for him to just keep coming and bowling close to 150 um, was pretty incredible. And then Alzari, the same up the other end, he kept coming as well. So, um, yeah, it was... I, I always believed that we could get there. Um, you know, Josh is no mug with the bat either. Uh, Gary's been batting as well as he has, I reckon, in his career and, you know, played well in the first inning. So, you know, plan was kind of with Gaza just to bat normally and then when Hoff got out there to try and take four balls and, and leave two for Hoff and you know maybe I shouldn't have given him two against Shamar with him on fire that's questionable perhaps but 
gets tough when it, when it gets down to that period there. Uh, we debated that earlier. Should he have been leaving the two balls for Josh Hazel to face Shamar Joseph when the man was on fire and, and looking like taking a wicket every single time he steamed it in 150 clicks? But it is difficult. We know that. But, I mean, could have got to the fifth, try to engineer a single. The man was 91 unbeaten at the close. But, look, it's hindsight. Could have, should have, would have, didn't. It was all set up for Steve Smith to be the hero and hit the winning runs. I thought, wouldn't that have changed the narrative? And maybe it's already been changed around, you know, him needing the runs. He got those. And he will make a good fist of it at opener. But um, only Travis Head and Dave Warner made tons in this uh, summer cricket season for the Aussies, which are the bare facts at the moment. So the batting just hasn't been up to scratch, it unfortunately. No, it hasn't. And it obviously, uh, often just one person's innings has uh, overshadowed the rest and uh, relieved them from some criticism. So that that was where the problems lied throughout this summer, if there was any criticism to be had. And when he, when he hit that ramp six, we heard the call from, oh, from Gerald. I thought that was, that was ex- extraordinary. I just, the only criticism, as I said before, was I thought he took too long to get going. Mm. I didn't think he read the writing on the wall when we were six and seven down and he needed to push, push the boundaries a little bit um, more often than what he did. I, I thought he took too long to get going. Steve Smith. Big year ahead for the Australian cricket team. Boy, boy oh boy, it's going to be huge. Um, Kane, your winners and losers. You've done some scribbling down over the weekend. Such a massive weekend of sport. We've had we've had everything. Footy preparations ramping up now. We've had the tennis. We've had uh, the cricket. We've had the cycling. We've had absolutely everything. We've got the NFL at the moment. You've cobbled together a, a, a well, uh, you've got a column split down the middle of your page there. You've got your winners yep. and losers, which uh, I'm interested to have a little... Um, Listen to after this break, actually. I know you've, but there's a lot of notes there in front of you, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, SEM Breakfast is for Melbourne Airport Parking. You can book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Back in a moment with Kane's observations from the weekend of sport. <laughs> 